You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. Amen. It's great to be together. It's so awesome to have the teens at campus, the singles and the marrieds all at the same midweek together. Amen. Welcome back, singles from your edge. Uh, midweeks, I know that was a, a month or two months of that, so it's great to be back with you guys. Uh, elevate, thank you. Edge was like years ago. <laughs> All right, listen, whatever. You're on the edge and elevate, right? That's what it was. You're on the edge elevating. So it's great to have everybody together. Teens, how are we doing over there? Advance, how are you doing, buddy? How's high school treating you? Hanging in? Zoe, high school's alright, buddy? It's good, it's good. A high school can be tough this time of year, right? Good to be together. Zahid, you're doing well? I'm doing great. Okay, it's good. It's good seeing everybody here. I want to welcome, I don't know if you know this, but we've had a new sister move into our ministry whose parents we love dearly and we love her too. That's Nicole. Nicole Chow. Welcome, Nicole. Stand up, stand up, Nicole. Her and, uh, her and her sister right there, bright light, shiny. So it's great having her. She just graduated from uh, San Diego, UC San Diego. So it's great having her here, but we don't know how long. She's sort of like the spirit blows her, the wind blows her wherever. We don't know exactly, but it's great having you here now. Thank you. Uh, everybody's doing well? Yeah. Okay, it's good to be together tonight. Um, tonight we're gonna, we want to kind of bring the whole church into a little bit of the planning and thinking that the staff's been going through for the last several months, really all year. But we've been going through some special planning and thinking about what we're going to be as a church in the years to come. And so that's what I want to bring us into and kind of bring you up to speed with. I've been mentioning it over and over, but I want to take some time tonight to dig a little deeper and involve all of us as a church in our future. And uh, so our West Side vision is very important. And it's important for you to realize that the staff wants to have a clarity of vision, uh, but we realize that we want that to sort of percolate up from the Spirit, from the Holy Spirit. We've been reading this verse in Acts 2 that says the Spirit of God is poured out on all people. You remember that verse? God's Spirit is on all of us. And we really want the vision that is sort of crystallized, and I don't think we'll ever fully crystallize it, but the one that sort of surfaces to direct us for our years to come, we want it to come from the congregation. And we've been talking to a lot of people. Um, One of the things that's happened, and I don't know why this is fast-forwarding, but uh, hold on, let me go back. Okay, I want to bring this slide up because one of the things that surfaced is we did this uh, exercise uh, with the staff. It took us like, like a month or two to do it where we really uh, and we talked to a number of key opinion leaders in here as well, asked them their opinion on what what general vision template is one that really is calling to the West Side. And the two that surfaced was one that had to do with spiritual growth that we have always been a disciple-making church. We've always been a church that's committed to being um, devoted to the formation of Christ within every individual spiritually. Discipling has been a hallmark of what we've been a part of. And we believe that it needs to maintain the a primary place and what it means to be a part of the West Side Church is that we are growing spiritually, that we are thriving spiritually, that we are being invigorated by the Holy Spirit. He's using our gifts. We're developing. We're, we're knowledgeable about the Bible. Uh, these things have been surfacing and, and that we're, we're seeing God working within us. All right. We're, we're not a young church any longer, right? We're not just a teen campus of singles church. 
We are a mature church. We have people from age 15 to age 85. I'm not quite 85. They might be. Is there anyone 85? That I, I don't know. But we're, we're up there. A few of us are up there. And um, so thriving and being spiritually invigorated is going to be a part of our vision. And tonight, I'm going to be, we want to take some time. I want to hear from you guys a little bit what does it mean to thrive. So you can be thinking about that because we're going to talk about it in a minute. But the second thing was this idea of evangelizing the world and sort of geographic saturation of the area that God has laid at our, our feet, which is the west side, the southwest United States. Of course, we're in L.A. And then we have this rare privilege as a church to be a part of a movement that has spread out all over the world. You guys know that we are in uh, almost every nation of the world. And we're, uh, the ICOC is over 600 uh, churches around the world. Um, many of them right here in the United States, but many of our largest ones are outside the United States. We, as a West Side family, support the Middle East churches. That's 22 churches in the Middle East. Uh, some of the, the Arabic-speaking ones are the primary ones, and we prayed about them on Sunday. If you hadn't heard, uh, in Lebanon, in a number of countries, is great turmoil. The country's about to shut down in Lebanon uh, because the banking, the politics, all the issues have shut down the economy. Uh, they're worried about it going possibly even to another civil war over there, which would be terrible. And we have, uh, I think, 65 disciples in the church, uh, incredible people there. You've heard from Mufid and Jesse many times. We're a part of their work. They're, doing, they're having midweek just like us tonight. Uh, they're, they, they're just like us, but their country's much different, much more difficult. They need to be on our heart. It's exciting that we evangelize the world through our mission work in the Middle East, uh, through Mexico and, and, and Central America. I know that primarily Long Beach Ministries and the South Bay does more of that work, but we have been supporting that, and it's, it's tied into the L.A. Church and certainly the Coastal. And this coming year... We have um, made a, a commitment to helping the Baltic states, like Sweden um, and some of the other churches that we have over in the Baltic states. I know Rick and Heather have been going there, I think, almost every summer for a number of years to serve our... Which churches are over there? There's the one in Sweden. Yeah, Norway, Nor- Sweden, uh, Denmark, Finland. Um, oh, they're going to be here at our service? There's some that just have mine. Wow. Wow. Okay, so let's talk about that because we probably need to have them say something. And that's a, that's a cool thing. I'm really excited about that being a part of our mission field because of Rick and Heather's commitment to it, as well as um, the Wingies have been committed to them for quite a long time. And Karina is on the board uh, of that mission field. And the way we're at getting them sort of as a part of our mission field is what we're doing is we're sort of swapping with the Lifeway region who has supported the Baltics, some of the monies that we've always given to world missions, some of our money's going to the Baltics, and the amount that we're sending to the Baltics, they're substituting the money they were sending and sending it to Mexico and Central America, which what that does is it ties in them. They have the largest Spanish-speaking ministry in the L.A. Church. It ties them into our mission field that really integrates with their ministry anyway. And none of their money was going there. And you have Rafael Lua and Griselda who are integral in that kind of work. So we wanted to get them tied in and then it worked out perfect because we have some of our top leaders already tied in the Baltics. And I thought, hey, this is a great plan because we're world visionaries. We want to change the world and it now gives us more connections to world missions. And I want your minds on world missions. We're not only evangelizing Culver City and Westwood and Santa Monica and Westchester and Malibu. We're evangelizing the world. We're changing the world from the west side. You guys with me? 
So that's the second part of our vision is we really do want to continue to expand. And I think part of that is there's a vision of expansion, even locally, having mission point, having small groups that again begin to saturate our geographic area. And many of you have been here and we, we had, you know, I think four or five sectors in the West side. We used to have, you know, Bible talks, mid cities, you know, Santa Monica, Westwood. We had them all over the place. It's time to reestablish some of those. Okay. So I want you to be scheming about that, dreaming about that. We're already doing some cool new adventures like we're starting the Silicon Beach Singles Professional Outreach, which is really cool. Well, we started the Screenland, which is sort of a people group penetration like the entertainment industry. But we, but we can't neglect just the geographic areas that we live in. Right. That's part of the Great Commission is we have to think that way. Amen. So those two concepts, spiritual growth and sort of. Uh, evangelistic saturation are going to be a part of our DNA. I put the, the growth ahead of this expansion. I think maybe in the past as a fellowship, our, our focus would have been grow, baptize, add new people. This is so important. We got to expand. And then we would, yeah, we got to grow too. But sometimes, sometimes we didn't maybe put enough emphasis. And I want to, I think, and I think most of the staff, I think most of you would agree that if we're really invigorated spiritually, if you're thriving spiritually, God will send us people and we will be able to expand and the resources will be there. We want everyone to find their niche, to feel called, to feel like they're being believed in and they have hope. And so it's going to take teamwork. It's going to take all of us being a part of that. Amen. So our vision is going to have something to do with combining these two together and talking about it. And I want it to really come. I want it to surface, to percolate up uh, in the coming months so that we are clear on here. Here's where we're going as a church. You guys with me? All right. I want to talk about a little bit of what we've been doing at most midweeks is we're when we have a conviction, it's wise to recap what happened on Sunday. So as a family group leader, how many of you guys are small group leaders in here? Raise your hand if you're a small group leader. All right. I want to give you a hand. Awesome job. That's a hard job. That is hard work. Thank you, guys. Small group leaders. Thank you. That is really hard work to prepare that, having the Bible talk. I know about every other week we're doing it. That's been our rhythm. But one of the things that we do believe as a church is that what we're learning on Sunday can be a springboard for further discussion on, on Wednesday so that we're not sort of doing one sermon series on Sunday and a different one on Wednesday. Uh, that's a good concept. That's a good church-building concept. Uh, one thing you might consider if you're a small group leader uh, if you have some great ideas for your Bible talk, fine. Uh, that's a cool thing. But one thing you can always do if you need content is take good notes on the Sunday before you're going to lead your small group. Take good notes of the sermon and, and come up with some questions that relate to the content. And that's going to give you a lesson for your midweek service or for your family group service. So the truth is, a lot of us could be small group leaders if you can take good notes on a Sunday service and listen and uh, come up with some good questions that relate to the content of the Sunday, you're going to have some material to follow up and have a discussion in your small group. And we want discussion. So here's what I want to do right now. Ken read this verse on Sunday. It's a great verse, right, from the parable of the lost son. and the, He called it the, the prodigal father. I call it the week before that, the lost son. I mean, you could preach week after week after week on Luke 15 on this passage. But I love this verse where it says, my son, this is at the end, as he's talking to the, the second son who had, who had kind of 
uh, pushed himself away from the Father. He was mad at the grace and the generosity and the acceptance that the Father had and the, and the wealth that he poured out on the, on the Son that had squandered everything. And he says he, he says he pleaded with them. And I love the words that he pleaded with them. He said, my son, the Father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Oftentimes, and Ken talked about this in our Christianity, we forget how much we have. We think about all the things he wants us to do. And Ken made a great quote. He said, you know, you're going to be crushed if you're not becoming more like God. And what he meant is if you're not understanding the grace, the heart of God, the heart to have grace, the heart that comes from this overflowing love, then what you think it means to be a Christian and what you think God wants you to do will feel crushing to you. Because none of us can ever measure up. We can never do enough. We can never share enough. We can never be good enough. But when you just are like the Father in heart and spirit, when your spirit is to just surrender to Him and become gracious, you're filled with grace, then you're not so worried about all the things you do, right? But I want us to think for a little bit as a congregation about this right now. And this plays into the idea of spiritual growth. Because I think you grow when you are filled with what God's given you. You grow when you're connected to what God has done for you. You grow when you're aware of the resources at your disposal. And, he, and the son, the older son, he, he was sort of embittered because he thought, man, I've been working so hard, always doing what's right, and look, i got nothing to show for it. And that's just a, a perspective change is needed. You guys with me? Yeah. Everything I have is yours. My son, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. I want you to think about that for a moment. All right, I want you to think, and we're, I want to open it up a little. I want to hear from you for a minute or two. Everything I have is yours. So what does he have that he's making available to you? What does God have that he is making available to you? Maybe you forgot, kind of. All right, let's go. Let's share. David Luca. It's really simple. For me, it's forgiveness. Okay. Forgiveness. forgiveness. Just forgiveness. I'm, no matter what, I'm forgiven and I can keep moving forward. Great. That was the lesson for the communion on Sunday, too, right? was forgiveness. Who else wants to share? Who have, what, what does he have that's yours and maybe you forgot a little bit about? Uh, our, his time, we can... Talk to him whenever he's always available. He's always available. His time. One of the most precious things a parent can give to their children is time. And he is available. That's great. Shake. His love. Right? I do believe this. I love this. It makes sense to me. God is love. When we choose the love, it comes from God. And he has an infinite resource of it. So when you are doing things out of love, you'll actually have enough energy to do it. Sometimes you think you can't do it. Oh, it's so hard. No. If you're doing it out of duty, you'll run out of energy. If you're doing it out of love, you're going to have the energy. So Michael and Tracy get there at church at 7 a.m., 7.30 every morning, but it's not out of duty. It's out of love. They love Jesus in the kingdom, and they're there setting up those signs. Thank you very much. Have you noticed how good our signage is on the west side when you go to church? You kind of see it out there, right? It's, I'm, I'm proud of it now because everybody knows the west side church is meeting there on Sundays. I appreciate that. Love is something we have an infinite resource of. What else? All I have is yours. Heather. Freedom. Freedom. What do you mean? 
Freedom to live the best life now. To quote Joe Olstein. Hey, you know what? It's not a bad concept, right? Although sometimes we suffer. He doesn't put enough of that in his message. Thank you, Heather. Freedom. Freedom to live a great life. Freedom to do something. God does. We're free in Christ. We're free with God. We're not shackled. We're not, we're not shut down. We're not oppressed. Zahid. The Holy Spirit. Which is, in fact, Him. That is God Himself. So Him, His presence. All right? Okay. The power to keep transforming and keep changing. The power to change. So all I have, I ha- he has the power to transform us and it's available to us at all times. And a lot of times I think we stop believing. I just got a new sign put up, our Christmas sign. My wife just got it. I wanted to sign in our house. It says, in this big sign, it says, in this house we believe. Believe that there's Santa maybe? Well, the spirit of Santa, but we can be transformed. And that's one of the things. You've got you to gotta believe. And we believe in Santa. Oscar. Uh, uh, yeah, I believe in Santa. <laughs> uh, wisdom. Nice. Ooh, all I have is yours. Wisdom. Sometimes we don't think we have the answers to the difficult questions in life. We don't think they're there. We're just we're, we're confounded by stuff. But man, he does say, ask for wisdom and it will be given. There's verses, verse after verse that says that. Jennifer Arthur. Um, My peace I give to you, Jesus said, right? That's a great one. A lot of times we can't find peace, and, and it's, it's hectic, and we're, our emotions sometimes play tricks on us, right? Our emotions sometimes are anything but peaceful, and yet God has it, and it's available for us. Awesome. Eddie? Promises. Promises, okay. So now there's some details. There's lots of those promises, all right? Thank you for sharing that. I want to, I'm kind of, I love that. Thank you. That's right on. I see you. Um, you're, you're, you're the apple of my eye. Something that comes to mind is I think sometimes in the congregation, as we get bigger, you know, it, it, you can't know everyone in here. Um, not every one of us can sort of be mentioned that day or our, our ministry project maybe doesn't get highlighted or, you know, that doesn't always happen. But, you know, I love our, love our focus on the one another relationships and the small groups. Everyone in the small group can have a role. 
And that's where fundamentally we're going to live out Christianity, is in our Bible talks, and our small groups. None of us can be best friends with 90 people, but you can be close to you know, 12 people. And I, want to, I put that out there because that's an important thing for us to keep nurturing, that we want to cultivate that. We can be seen. We, can be, we really can feel the value in that setting. Amen? And hopefully on a broader scale, too. God sees us on a, on a worldwide scale. But I think it's important for us to know that we belong. So it's great. Okay, what else? Think. Um, for me, I get to live on a free roll because we have the promise of heaven and an everlasting life. You're living on a fruit roll, did you say? Free roll. A free roll. I mean, I really like fruit rolls as well, so I thought it might be that. <laughs> a free roll. I love it. And you're right. The hope. The hope. We have a hope. It's awesome. Thank you. Pam. He's the God of all comfort. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not just the comfort of um, the result of a loss, but we need to be comforted from all kinds of things. Yeah. In the world, fear, anxiety, uh, lack of trust, the list goes on. He's the God of all comfort. Okay. Let's turn in our Bibles to Colossians 2, verse 7. Let's turn our Bibles to Colossians 2, verse 7. Okay, and I need, I'm going to need somebody to publicly read this really powerfully. Who, who would like to read this out loud, publicly, and powerfully? Midge. Oh, yeah, she read. No, Midge, you were really good on Sunday, by the way, reading. But because you were so good, I'm not picking you right now. Because I want somebody else, I want to give somebody else a shot, but you were really good. Okay. Also, um, uh, Ryan read with you. He was great, too. Ryan read as well. Okay, so who, who else of the midge wants to read? Colossians 2.7. Because you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. Ah, rooted and built up in him. This concept of spiritual gro- growth and thriving. We really want to make that the emphasis, one of the primary emphasis in this church, that people want to come to the West Side because they... They're going to thrive. They'll, they'll, they'll be drawn here. God, the Holy Spirit will draw people here because we're thriving spiritually. So I want to ask you guys, what does that mean to thrive spiritually? What does that mean to you? What, what, okay, well, here's the question. Now, uh, and if I could ask, I need somebody to take notes on this. I need somebody, somebody a good handwriter or if you have your laptop. or if you, I need somebody to take notes on what every person says. You're going to do it, baby? Okay, so what, does it, what will it mean in 2020, all the way maybe through 2025, what will it mean for the West Side to thrive spiritually? So what does it mean to you personally? And if you want to take it a little further, like what that means maybe for the West Side, to thrive spiritually. Okay, so I want to hear from a few of you. Okay, Mary. Um, I know for me personally, I'm thriving the most when I go back to the basics, which is spending time in the Word of God. That is where you get your fulfillment, your growth, your knowledge in order to help other people. So for me, thriving spiritually is when I'm actively reading the Word. And then I think as a ministry and as a congregation, we are actively growing and thriving when we are all collectively spending time in the Word, sharpening each other as iron sharpens iron. You know, in John it talks about if you hold to my teachings, then people will know you're my disciples. You can't hold the teachings if you don't know them. You can't share them if you don't know them yourself. So I think that's awesome. 
Great, thank you. I think that's right on point. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, others. Catherine. Um, yeah, for me, I think of that scripture where it says uh, to cast your anxieties on God because he cares for you. So I think for me, thriving spiritually is when I am consistently talking to God on a very heartfelt level, praying to God about the things that I'm concerned about, the things that I have fears about, and truly getting to a point where I've given them over to God and left them with God so that I'm able to thrive emotionally and spiritually because I'm not burdened by okay. the anxieties. Of Casting your anxieties. Yeah. Feeling, feeling free. Yeah. Like your partner has it right there. Good. Okay, I like it. Elizabeth. Um, well, the scripture talks about overflowing with thankfulness, and I feel like Satan can trick me into just saying, like, oh, you're not thriving because of this and this. But when I feel like I'm thriving is when I'm when I look back at all the things God did and am truly grateful for those things. So, like, what I'm most grateful is when I feel like I'm thriving. Okay, a spirit and culture of gratitude. If you're grateful, that's right on, right? I've said this before. No, um, no grateful person usually walks around unhappy. They, they don't go hand in hand. Good. It's really good. Okay. Others, Dan. I think uh, for me, thriving is when um, we can hold each other arm in arm through whatever challenges we're going through, whether it's sometimes just prayer or being able to help each other. Hey, I, I know I don't maybe understand what you're going through, but I know someone in the church that can. Or you know, just having that connection to where we don't have to solve each other's problems, but we can help each other. Whether it's guiding people to, you know, like whether it's the scriptures that they need direction with, or just maybe that hug, or just a someone to pray with them. I think it's just when we're lifting each other up, like in the, you know, when Aaron was um, holding that Moses' arm, when he was trying to do the battle for God, mm-hmm. and yet, you know, we're all trying to battle it, but there's sometimes that we need other people to hold us up a little. And I it's think good. It's good. So our connections, our rela- deep, authentic relationships, especially in times of need, or just in good times, you have a buddy. You have somebody to go see a movie with. Right? Some of us, we need that. We all do need it. We need a, more than one usually. All right? It's great. Han- the Hannah. Colette. The Hannahs. <laughs> um, I think about this passage in Jeremiah 17, 8. It says, He will be like a tree planted by water. It sends out its roots toward a stream. It does not fear when heat comes and its foliage remains green. I think about that because it talks about when heat comes that he's still thriving that the foliage remains green. And so that's the thing I think of is even in challenges, being rooted in God, mm. still being able to, to flourish. Yeah, it's awesome. I do want to hold this group up. The one thing, if I could say, Carrie and I have recognized is you persevered, right? God sent us through some tough times. And, um, and, and he will again. There will be some heat again. But... Um, there's been some great perseverance in here. I want to hold you guys up as a church. It's just been an honor for us to be here with you this year and, and partner and see things. And there's been, been challenges that this church has weathered and is we're seeing a thriving going on. Everyone's been a part of that, but um, it's very much true. We thrive when we weather tough times because they will come. They will come. It's great. Okay, let's go over here. Chuka. Yeah, I think of uh, Jesus's when he first encountered his disciples in the call, and then in his last interaction with them, uh, both times he kind of went straight to business and said, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Uh, when, before he went to heaven, he said, all authority is given to me, 
make this slide look too central based. So I think um, when I think of driving, uh, a lot of that, a lot of what that looks like to me is is uh, executing Jesus's or uh, commission to us, mm -hmm. um, making disciples and teaching them to obey as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I realize that it's hard to you cannot make disciples if you're not a disciple, if you're not trying and striving to be a disciple. Uh, and, and a lot of it just comes from loving other people. Uh, because if you're, if all you think about is work and making money and, and you know, taking care of the needs, it'll be easy to forget what Jesus called us to the first chance he got. Like it was the first thing he said, follow me and I'll make you, I'll teach you to make disciples. Uh, so I, I think for me, driving absolutely involves making, being fruitful um, in, in, in terms of that's awesome. Let me add something to you, Kai. I really appreciate that. We know the verse, and in, in many of us here know the verse in Hebrews five, and it talks about you know you know milk uh, is for the you know for the immature, right? It's for the infants who are not yet acquainted with these these fundamental foundational teachings. But then it says solid food is for the mature, who through constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. So it's how do you how do you how do you get mature? You get in the battle and you're you're making disciples and you're counseling each other and you're in the mix and you're through constant use you're figuring out what verses work for for various things right you're you're in the mix like I think what you're sharing Chuka is you're there is something powerful that it's an old treasure of our church we have been consumed with sharing your faith make disciples sharing your faith make disciples make disciples is far broader than just that. But it for sure is that. Uh, can I just say this? When people come to our church, we don't have a new Christian class right now. And I don't, we're not really going to start one. You are the new Christian class. You. The new Christian class is you. Your love for them. You're having them over to your house for coffee. You grabbing another brother or sister sitting at Starbucks and going through our, our really well-written first steps uh, study series, which, by the way, is on our app. So, you, you know, you can pull it up right on your phone and it's right there. All the studies, even how and when to teach them, the questions to ask. We, we kind of made it. You can really do the work. If, if the tools are available if the heart is surrendered and willing to give. And I'll confess, the hard part about this is clearing the space in our own life to give to somebody new because we're all life seems crazy that's the hard part is clearing the space in our life to make time to give to people and uh, the, I think the tools are there but that's great great point Chica. a couple more a couple more all right, a couple of you haven't heard from Catherine Pecos great to see you Catherine Um, where there's anywhere between 8 and 16 people on 
a different theology. Um, but it's being able to say, I would so much rather get together with Cindy or Patricia Butts or, or my other peer, Patricia, uh, Doris G. Yeah, but my time is so limited that I really need to get together with these people that I, I don't have a relationship with. And I think that when you're rooted, you can feel confident in doing that. Like, I'm okay that I didn't do that for this five-day period. Instead, I spend time with people who are in my community. And that's where I live. That, I mean, that, that's the reality. I live in Malibu, and I have to be realistic that I've got to spread myself to that group of people, and I would love for anybody to come up there and spread yourself with me. Malibu Ministry, right there. Thank you, Catherine. Thanks, Drake. Thanks for all your hard work. And your generosity with the children's stuff, too. Just so you know, I noticed. So thank you for that. Uh, the toys. I want to hold up everyone that brought that did something with the toys. Uh, that, that was awesome, what we're doing for the community here. I have so many of you Many of you, multiple children. I just re, I know that that's special. Thank you guys. Well, this is serving, this is meeting real needs of people that they, they put their name on the list because there's some serious needs that our church is meeting. So, guys, give it up. So many of you guys in here are, are, are giving a Christmas to kids right here in the West Side. I'm really, really grateful for that. Amen. Okay, Jay, your hand is up. Go ahead. That was a good job reading, by the way. Very powerful. Um, for me, our church thriving looks like all of us watering the seeds that are coming amongst us. Yeah. You see a new face, go and introduce yourself. We've been in a, in a Bible study with a couple for almost all year. Um, Brother sees it. Texas, uh, he's, he's responding to Kent's message. He's ready to baptize. I don't want to go into the new year without being baptized. But this guy's been in our fellowship, him and his wife, for 10, 11, 12 months now. And how many people really know? Mm. And we actually, early in the study, we had to actually issue an apology because he didn't feel like our ministry was very warm. Mm. He had come for about a month and nobody said And I think that we really got to grow in that. Um, because it's very easy for us to be sister and brother, hey, you know, this and that. And we don't recognize the new people that are around us, the guests, the, the prayers that someone actually finally got their coworker down or, you know, someone's sister, you know, has finally come down and all of those things. That's thriving to me, taking mm-hmm. care of the seeds that God has given me. Yes. Oh, I could go on. I mean, anyone want to preach on that right now? And I, 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 a lot of you are like, oh, yeah, let me preach on that. Thank you. Uh, guys, again, we're, we're a church built on relationships, not built on systems or programs. Therefore, if a new person comes, it's like I said, we don't have a, oh, you're visiting today? Come. Now, we might do some things like have a tent where you can meet them. We talked about having a tent where you can have 15 minutes with the minister. We'll, we'll do some things that the religious world does. We might as well be sharp as we can. But we can't rely on those kinds of things, like having a good website or having a, uh, a letter that goes out to you after. We should do those things. But though the primary thing is that we are disciples filled with the Holy Spirit, recognizing how much is done for us. And anytime you see somebody you don't know at church, you should say hi. And I know it means pushing out of your comfort zone. It could be, oh, I've been here for a year. Oh, great. Well, it's good to see you. And, you know, it might be oh, my first time here. And, and all of us are there for a reason. And it's not just to be fed. It's actually to feed. You are, God's using you. You're, you're a light in the kingdom. You're a light. And when you're not there, your corner of the kingdom is dark. 
right? You're a bright light and, and you're needed to light that little area of what God has in store. And, and so when we come to anything, a midweek, a Sunday, anything, I, I would appeal to us to remember what was done for us and go, maybe I'm the exact person that can help that person. And usually one of us is the exact person God is hoping would connect with the first time person at church because your life experience or who you are, your emotional makeup will make that person have a let down their walls. That, and that's needed. That's why the, the ministry, that's why I'm saying the spirits poured out on all of us. We're all needed. We're all needed. Uh, to, to God's using the whole group and we're a diverse group and a gifted group. And a, there's a lot of needs and, and talents and people here. God can send us so many people and, and he will when he's ready. We've got to be ready. Okay. I want to close out. I know there's more we can share about thriving. And if you feel really strongly about a few things, feel free to call me or the staff. Let us know what you think that thriving means. Cause we want to kind of land on a few specific things we'll be doing as a church. We're not going to reinvent all the wheel. We want to do the things we know are right and do them well, but maybe add a few inspirational things, uh, some clever things, or reestablish or reignite some stuff we used to do well and continue to do it and thrive as a church. But I want to close out with an exercise uh, together. Let's open up our Bibles to um, Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. This is another verse that talks about thriving. And um, I want to read the verse together, and I want to close out the night uh, praying. I want us to pray together in a group, and uh, I want all of us to have a chance to pray. So what I want to do is I want to turn to uh, Psalm 1, and what I want us to do is we're going to read the verse together, or the whole, the whole verse, only six verses, right, Psalm 1. It's a familiar one. It talks about growing in, in hard times here and what it's going to take. But then I want us to just, after we're done reading, I want us to circle up right where we're sitting with like five, six people, and everyone just pray for like one minute, and then midweek will be over. And I want you to pray in the line of something that hits you from the verse. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. What, what hits you from this verse? And let, pray a little bit about that. Let that come out of your heart in terms of what, what God's calling you to do or be or become or understand. And um, you can certainly pray for anything you want. But let's pray, end this our service and pray after we read this together. All right? Let's go to Psalm chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. And who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Let's break up into groups of five, six, seven. Right where we're at, just circle up, welcome each other, and pray. Each person, one minute of prayer goes really, really fast, and then you're dismissed. 
You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.